Welcome to the underground. Turn me up, bitch! My Little Underground with Peter A. So, I know uh, Ricky's Compass is all about giving certain people who are struggling with mental health a platform. And uh, you had a web series on YouTube not too long ago. Was it diagnosed? Diagnosed but not no, defined. Not defined. Okay, what happened with that? And why hasn't anything happened in like I know. a year? <laughs> I know, it's been so bad. We So, um, the other two girls in Ricky's Compass, they were in school. The one just graduated. The other one's in school and she is student teaching. And I, at the beginning, this year was hard for me. There was, you know work struggles and that whole thing um a lot of new things in my life so and I was the one like I went to school for broadcast journalism so I was the one who did all the editing so it was hard because although Melissa helps you know it was hard to try and find time for it but that right now is on our list of kind of starting it up again um basically what we did was again we wanted to give people a platform to share their stories because it's almost it's not a counseling session, but it's like a session for them to just talk. And some people just want to talk about what they're going through. And then at the same time, it also helps people that are watching understand, A, if they're struggling, they're not alone because this person is struggling as well. And B, for people who aren't struggling, it kind of puts a face to the illness, meaning like if we for me. I'll go back to, you know, my relationship with Ricky. I knew, now I know, like, okay, he had schizophrenia, bipolar type. Um, But he was still a big brother to me, basically. And he was still, he still helped me in everything. So for me, knowing somebody that had schizophrenia, it makes schizophrenia a little less scary to me. Because if you don't know somebody, sometimes you're just like, you know, check them off as crazy and ignore that person on the street but when you're able to kind of put a face to the illness you it's like humanizing them and so that was the point of it so we wanted people to see like wow like these are normal people struggling um as as normal you know I honestly I think normal is just subjective and everybody's we're all a little abnormal and that's okay yeah (laughs) But um, yeah, so that's we definitely were we were reaching out to people that we knew personally that we knew would feel comfortable sharing their stories. So now it's just a matter of finding more people who want to share their stories and then just finding time to film and edit. And that was our big struggle was just finding the time. But it's definitely on our list of things to continue to do now that our you know last event is over and that planning is done. So we're just kind of in a planning phase right now of figuring out um who to interview, when, and the next event. So what are some other kind of um, methods to give people a platform to share their experiences that's not a YouTube video or anything kind of media-centric? Yeah, so we also, um, people can always reach out to us and just talk and, you know, share their stories, and they can ease even, you know, journal and stuff if they want to get it out of their own head, but maybe they don't feel comfortable sharing it with other people. 
at the same time, if they do want to reach out to us, like we do talk at different schools and stuff like that. And we want to do kind of like a town hall type of thing where we have almost like a panel. And so if somebody wants to share their story and in front of people like that, by all means, reach out and we'll try and figure out how we can help you share your story because it does help others and it helps themselves as well. Um, So yeah, or if they just want to chat, you know, it depends. Like, do you mean with us specifically sharing their stories or just sharing their stories for us specific? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So by all means, reach out to us, write us a letter, send us an email, you know, reach out to us on social media if you really want. Um, On occasion, you know, if, if we do have a friendship, whatever, if you have my number, like shoot me a text, call me, whatever. But, um, yeah, so if they if they feel comfortable where they want to be a part of one of our events, we're all for that. So, like, we did our Mental Health and Wellness Expo in September, and we had people sharing their stories, and we're all for that. Like, talk to us, and we'll figure out how we can incorporate you into our event and so that you have that platform to speak. Or, you know, just reach out, and we'll we'll figure out where we can place you so that you feel comfortable sharing your story, even if it's maybe not online. I think, yeah, yeah, that's awesome that you're you're kind of like just kind of opening up your arms. To, <laughs> it's all about just people. hugging people ah. and give them that safe space. <laughs> so, um, you know the the school lectures. Like, what 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 schools did you go to? Did you go high schools, colleges, what? So we've been to two schools so far. So it was Morristown High School because um, Ricky went there for, I think, up through freshman and. Actually, maybe through junior year, because I ended up, we went to a private school together his senior year, through my church, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Morristown High School, we talked to parents. So we had met somebody at our first um, event that we hosted. So that was September of 2018. And she did um, like this parent club thing I forget the exact name of it but it's like parents meet and they talk about what's going on in school whatever and so they were talking about mental health and we ended up going in one day and giving a whole presentation to the parents specifically kind of telling them what we do but also um showing them you know signs to be aware of and stuff like that among their teens and then we also spoke at Kane University um their Greek life invited us out they it was this was I think October of 2018 when we went to Kane University. That's a college in Jersey. And um, we got we had gone out and we gave a presentation and that was kind of it was during um, mental health, mental health awareness week. And we just spoke about what we were doing and just kind of the importance of, you know, speaking up and speaking out and the importance of mental health. So those are the two places that we spoke at just because we have connections there. So Melissa, um, this CEO of Ricky's Compass and Ricky's sister, she went, she goes to Kane and she also went to Morristown High School and obviously he's from there. So those were, that's it so far. Um, I do want to branch out into my town, so Montville, and then we're also working with another friend. Um, a friend of ours died by suicide as well in... Jesus, I think December of, I think it was the year after Ricky. I I can't remember the exact date. It's escaping me. Actually, I think it was January of 2018. So it was after Ricky, but before our event. And um, it was a lot going on that 
those couple months. But his mom started an organization as well, and so we've been teaming up with her. We want to do a walk and that kind of thing. So she's been she's from the Bloomfield area, so she's been focusing on that. And so we would love to just kind of get around and talk to as many people as we can um, and as many schools as we can because it's important. That's where, unfortunately, the onset of, I think it's like, could be wrong on the statistic, but it's, I think it's like 95% of mental, of chronic mental illnesses, the onset is between like 14 and 26 year olds. Um, so really high school and college years are essential to, to kind of maintain your mental health and focus on that and, and it's the pressure be aware to succeed. of it. Exactly. You know what I mean? 100%. It's the fear of failure. You know, when you're a senior or junior in high school, they're just shoving this stuff down your throat. You know, you have to meet with counselors about colleges and SATs, which are fucking pointless. I should have never taken that shit at all. It was a waste of time. <laughs> Honestly. I took SAT prep, waste of my time. I learned some few words. I learned words, but I don't remember any of the words. Yeah. <laughs> so it was totally a waste of my time. But, yeah, I mean, speaking of, you know, young people, you know, people in our demographic and younger, you know, going to colleges and going to high schools, like what are some of the responses that you've gotten from some of the the students that you've you, you've seen or yeah. may have talked to? Yeah, like specifically about a mental health? Like what? Yeah, what hey, after after your lectures and stuff. Yeah, so they've been very open, and um, actually, they a, a Spanish class from Morristown. They part of their project that year was to I think focus on a nonprofit and raise money for them and do whatever. And so a Spanish class from Morristown focused on us, and they were so. Um, aware and so they just wanted to learn as much as they could about mental health and it's like how does like you know you're you're learning how to speak Spanish and mental health like how does that correlate I don't know but they were so aware like it's awesome that like it doesn't matter like we talked to you I think in English class recently Melissa went at Morristown we've been there a couple of times so they've all been so open and all they want to do is take it all in because they are struggling and they they kind of want that reassurance. Like, it's okay to not know what you want to do. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to realize that you're 14, 15, 16, but yeah, you do have a big weight on your shoulders. Like, it's normal to feel that way. I think so because a lot of times, like, adults, I love my parents and all that, but a lot of times older people just kind of, they're like, oh, you're, you know, you're a high schooler. Like, this is the time of your life. Like, what could you possibly going through? This is the best time through? of your life. Yeah, exactly. Bullshit. Right. High school was, like, horrible. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, like, I can't say, like, it was totally horrible, but it was, you know, I, I didn't love high school. You know, it, mm -hmm. it's it's not the best time. You can't do anything. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, look, I'm very grateful for everything, but it's, like, you know, I don't know. It's just the very beginning. You're still learning. You're still kind of stupid in a way. You know what I mean? Right. Like, this is not like the prime of your life. It's not. I mean, right. it's a time where it's like you're not really held accountable for a lot of things. But to me, the all the fun started after I graduated high school. <laughs> you know what I mean? And life hasn't even begun yet. You know what I mean? Right. I think it's just absolutely. I think I think it's just we're there to kind of reiterate to these high schoolers, to these, you know, young college students that, like, it's okay to feel like you're going through a moment of hell. Like, it's okay 
to not feel good, to be struggling and stuff. And a lot of times they're, they just ask, like, they ask about um, different types of uh, mental illnesses. They ask about how they can kind of help and get involved. We've had a lot of young people volunteer and everybody is, like, always willing to help out, which is really cool because, you know, people have things going on in their lives. You don't, they don't always want to wake up early on a Saturday to come help at an event, whatever. But, um they're always willing to help and they're just, they're eager to learn, eager to learn about mental health and mental illnesses as well and just how to kind of maintain good mental health. They're so, all they want to do is, you know, soak it all in. They're sponges and they just soak up all the information, which is really cool because, um, you know, they know that a lot of people are struggling their age and if they're not, chances are one of their friends are. So they're so they're so eager and excited excited to just figure out what's going on and to learn as much as they can about mental health in general. Yeah, and I, I think that because I know some people and I've experienced this for myself, you know, when you get when you turn 18, you leave high school and there's this kind of thing where you're supposed to have everything figured out. You're supposed to know what you're majoring in. You're supposed to know what you want to do for a living at 18 years old. Think about that. In Insane. retrospect, that's like you're 18 years old. You can barely drive. You, can, you can't even drink at a bar. How are you supposed to know what you want to do for the rest of your life at that moment? That's crazy. And that's why some people I, I've known, I, I know, like, dropped out of school because they're like, you know, one, they probably can't pay for it. And two, they're just like they don't know what they want to do but or they don't see a point in it. You know, but I think there's this, we have to like kind of alleviate some of the pressure. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like I know people that are in their early 20s that are like, man, I'm just mad that I didn't graduate when I wanted to graduate. I'm like, slow down. Go at your own pace. And I felt that I needed to have everything figured out by the time I turned 20. You know what I mean? And I thought, man, I should have my own place when I'm 20. Like, no, just go at your own pace. You know what I mean? No, I completely agree. I think we grew up where the whole focus was figure out your major, figure out your career, pick a really good college that you want to and want to go to and go get out and do it. And now after that, graduate in four years, make sure you have a really good internship, make sure you get good grades, make sure you get a career. Network. (laughs) Exactly. Make sure you get a career as soon as you graduate, move out of the house and figure it out and you're good to go. No, that's not the way it works. We put such this, we, you know, we expect people to have it all figured out. And now we're realizing like, that's not it. You know, it took my sister, my sister's older than me. And she graduated, um, I think, a year after me, because she did, you know, she went the county college route, which was the best route for her. She took some time off, figured out what she wanted to do. I always kind of knew what I wanted to do or thought I knew what I wanted to do. So I had it all figured out. You know, I was going to go and study this and major in this and get a career in this. Meanwhile, it's not exactly working out the way I thought. But that's the thing. Like, so I graduated in four years. Big deal. My sister, you know, she did the, like I said, the county college route. Did fine. Graduated a little bit later from that. Um, Took time off. Worked. Went back to school, finished her degree, and, you know, now she's working again. No big deal. Everybody has to realize that it's okay to go at their own pace. Because I remember even with me, like, 
I must have been a freshman in college and I was so overwhelmed. Again, I thought I knew what I wanted to do since like freshman year of high school. Like I thought I knew everything. Everything seemed to be laid out in front of me of what I was going to do. And I just remember coming home from school. I commuted. I came home. I was sitting at the kitchen table with my mom and I was so overwhelmed. I was working and, you know, going to school full time and I was driving 30 minutes to school, 30 minutes home, 30 minutes to work, 30 minutes home. So there's two hours of my day wasted right there in driving plus school plus work. I just felt like I wasn't doing anything that I actually wanted to do, um, but I was only doing things that I thought I had to do. And I was just overwhelmed venting to my mom and she's like, Lex. Meanwhile, like school was always semi-easy for me. Like that was something that like that was my thing kind of. And so I was all about graduating in four years. And she's like, Lex, if this is too much for you, if this isn't what you want to do, take a semester off. I felt like that was not the way the conversation was going to roll out because they were always all about school, my parents. But to have that kind of reassurance, like, it's okay. Take a step to just breathe, to figure things out. Like, you're still young. I think I was 18 at the time. Like, I graduated young. I was, you know, one of the younger kids in my grade, whatever. So she's like, Lex, you're fine. Like, just take a minute to just breathe, relax, and figure out what you want to do. Just having that reassurance from my mom was like a huge weight lifted off my shoulder. And I just kind of was like, okay, it's like, just take it day by day, figure it out. Like, it's not you don't need to have your entire life planned out. It's okay to just go with the flow. So I think it's important. You know, I think that's what people need to realize, especially younger kids. Like we put so much pressure on them to figure it all out. No, relax, breathe. Because a lot of times, like most people that graduate and, you know, they graduate in four years, they think everything's working out, whatever. They don't do nothing. They do nothing that's related to their major, which is fine. Like Uh, no judgment, but like, why? Yeah. Like, because we're we feel like we have to have it all planned out, and then we take all these classes. Oh my god, I don't even like what I'm taking, but I'm already almost done with school. So why am I going to change it? And I'm just going to continue on in my life, and either be miserable or do something else that I actually enjoy, but had nothing to do with what I learned. When I was like, a freshman in college, I thought, you know what? Yeah, I want to be a physician's assistant. My mom was telling me she was like, yeah, you should be a PA. I'm like, okay, no idea what. It- physician's assistant does no idea what it what it did and i knew it's it's not really a doctor still had no idea i didn't bother to research it at all and then i realized when i was in college taking a bunch of you know gen ed classes i'm like i hate science (laughs) really hate science i hate biology i hate chemistry i just thought about high school i'm like i I didn't like chemistry at all like why why would i do this for a career i have to do eight years of this shit no way so, you know, I discovered college radio. I'm like, this is what I want to do. This is this is who I am. And, you know, yeah, did I kind of feel like, okay, I need to figure this shit out right now. I need to have a major right now. But it just kind of fell into my lap. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know what, let me just give this a try. And, you know, I'm much happier for it, you know? Because, again, I had no idea what a physician's assistant does. I, I, why do I give a shit? I don't want to do this. I don't want to take the MCAT. I don't want to, I don't like standardized tests. I took the SAT <laughs> once and I'm like, I'm, I never want to do this again. And I kind of contemplated going to grad school, but I don't want to take the GRE. I don't want to pay for school all over again. For what? Nah, fam. Nah, fam. <laughs> nope. I know no. people that like just 
oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. I have to do this. I'm like, why do you have to do anything? You don't have to do a goddamn thing. You know, I don't know, man. We got to, you know, we got to do something like people, you know, our parents generation, uh, you know, not not our parents specifically, but our parents generation, like millennials, millennials, millennials. You're all entitled. You're entitled. I'm like, you know what we want? This is what I want. I want to be able to have a job and pay and pay for a place to live, you know, and not drown in student debt. That's what I want. You know what I mean? I that's that's it. I don't need to have everything kind of just laid out for me. No. Like, why do people think our generation just wants everything just handed to us? We don't. We want to have, you know, um, access to um, any way that we can get a full-time job. It's not easy. You know, I knew I had a professor, not a professor, high school teacher that told us, yeah, I paid my way through college. You can't do that now. No. You can't do that now. It's impossible. Going to college is like getting a mortgage. Even if you're going to SUNY and CUNY, you know, it's still kind of pricey. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can work, what, $14 an hour? That's not going to pay for school. It's barely going to pay for textbooks. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So much pressure. So much pressure on us. You it's, know? There's an unbearable amount of pressure that we go through and we face nowadays and i think that's a huge underlying cause to so many issues because we're so focused on like we have to hit these major milestones at certain ages we have to graduate at this age we have to move out at this age full-time career all this stuff but like that's not the case it's not reality and we just feel so overwhelmed and we are literally crumbling under the pressure of what society puts on us and what society tells us we need to achieve by a certain point in our life. It's unrealistic and extremely overwhelming. It's just not fair. And I think, I think part of the reason that, you know, the older generation is so like, oh, like millennials are entitled and stuff. I think it's because we are finally kind of figuring out like what's important and it's not so much having like this massive house and this you know doctor lawyer two and a half kids (laughs) you know get a house in Levittown exactly like wife stays home exactly like gets addicted to pills because husband is working 12 hours a day and they don't have sex at all and their kids are just they 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 don't see their parents a lot they're you know they're hanging out with grandma more than often you know what i mean like we don't want that right we don't want that at all right you know i think that's what we saw and like thank god me personally i didn't experience that like you know but a lot of people our age that was the reality for them that was what they grew up dealing with and so a lot of, you know, we're at that point where we're like, no, our generation doesn't want that because it's not real happiness. It's not real joy. Like, it's just kind of going through the motions and having this pretty picture, pretty life that society says that's happiness. Like, no, we're at the point where we want to experience it for ourselves. We want jobs where we could just pay the bills, where we can live and do things that we want to enjoy. There you, and go. That's you said, all. The, you said the, the golden word, live. Yeah. You just want to be able to live. That's it. Yeah. I, I don't need my rims to spin. Would I love a pair of rims that spin? Yes. But it's not realistic right now. You know, I just want a place to live and food. That's it. Right. And a steady job that we can, you know, pay the bills for right now. And I think our generation, one thing that I do love about our generation is that we're we're focused on what we're passionate about. That's what we put a lot of energy into. Like, you know... 
podcasting or making music or whatever, a lot of people, a lot of popular artists now are millennials. Like Cardi B is like, what, 27, 26? You know, a, a lot of these artists, they're young because they, they focus on what they want to do. And they're not just, oh, I have to work this full-time job because that's what you do and I have to get married right now. Believe me, I want to get married. But guess what? Weddings are expensive. Yeah, they and, are. Yeah. And buying a house and having a place to live, that costs money. We have to focus on how we're going to make money before we can do all those things. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, I think... I think we are just so past the point of living to have, like, this pretty, seemingly perfect life where we just want to be able to live and be happy. And I think I almost feel like I love my parents and all and not again, not them specifically, but I almost feel like that generation is just a little jealous of the fact that we're able to you're able to make money off Instagram. (laughs) You know what I mean? But we're able to just live our lives and be happy because I feel like. I feel like they were so focused on, you know, the basic, again, the basic milestones that we were told we needed to accomplish. And that generation was okay with just going through the phases and doing what they felt they needed to do. But we're focused focused more on, like, getting the most of it out of our life and just being happy and being truly happy, not, you know oh, yeah, everything's great, I'm fine, you know, the I'm fine response. Like, no, I'm actually enjoying my life. And I just feel like they don't, a lot of older people don't understand that. But, like, that's okay, that's fine, they can do them. But, like, we're, we just want to be okay. Like, we want to be able to live our lives the way we want to. Yep. We need to tell, we need to tell young people that you can do, you, you have to create your own path in life. I remember I went to Stony Brook University and me and a friend of mine, we had like a little like podcasting session. We talked to kids about podcasting and we were basically telling them, at least I was telling them, you can do whatever the fuck you want, but this is how I do it. And if you don't want to do it my way, that's cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like we want to tell people you can do, you know, whatever you want in life, but just follow your own path. Yes. You know, having a degree is going to help you get a job. But what if you don't want a job? You know, okay, you want to start a business, but well, this is how you do it. You know what I mean? You want to, th- these are the books to read to how to you know, hustle or whatever. And if you want to freelance, great. But guess what? When you freelance, you have to have many jobs. You have to hustle. You have to always stay on top of it. There's many ways to go about life. We have to tell people there's not one way. There's many ways. And you can go at your own pace. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Life isn't just like cookie cutter. And I think, you know, even like when I was talking to my mom about school and figuring out what I wanted to do and stuff, she always thought of like, okay, teacher, Um, doctor, like those are all basic jobs that were, there were like, what, five main jobs that the older generation went into. And if you didn't go into, um, go to school, then you went, you know, straight into work and you became whatever X, Y, or Z. Like it was so basic. Everything kind of, the path was already laid out and you usually followed in the steps of your parents and whatever they did, you usually ended up doing that kind of thing. It was like a generational thing. But nowadays is different. Like there are so many things that you can do, so many things that you can accomplish and so many different types of jobs that a lot of times you don't even know about those things until you get to school and start taking random classes. And then you're like, wow, I like this. I don't like this. I like that. And then you're able to narrow it down. Um, Life isn't so cookie cutter. It isn't basic like that. Like if it was, then we wouldn't have all these different things. We wouldn't have been able to accomplish that because there's so many different areas that we need people in 
that if you just picked, you know, one of the five basic jobs growing up, then it's like we'd be missing, you know, half the things that we have nowadays. So I think it's just important to be able to figure out, like you said, find your own path. Don't follow in the footsteps of somebody else because that's boring. And most of the time you're just trying to copy other people. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to enjoy what you're doing because Mm -hmm. you're constantly living somebody else's life rather than your own. Just live your own life and be happy with that and find your path and figure out what you want to do and do it. Yeah. But you know, when I was in college, a professor told me, yeah, we need plumbers. We need electricians too. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Then why am I here listening to you? Let me just leave here and become a plumber. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, again, you just have to find your own way. Right. You have to find your own path in life. Like No one can tell you you know, for lack of a better term, tell you what to do. Unless someone is an expert at something and they could probably help you. But some people, you know, they 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 did something a certain way, therefore you have to do it. You know what I mean? Like, again, going back to, you have to find your own path. But uh, I want to talk about some of Ricky Cummins's uh, events yes. that you did. You, you had two big ones. You had one September 14th and you had one last year, right? Yes. So what have you learned from... Uh, putting these events together and what sort of relationships are important to foster in order to get these things off the ground? So we really just wanted to focus on building relationships with the local organizations in the town because they're the ones who can really make or break you. And I know that sounds almost like fake, but there's a lot of great people. So I'm really glad we did that. We became really close with the Morris County Sheriff, Sheriff Gannon, who is incredible. Like he is all about mental health and addiction and combating addiction and all of that. So he's really awesome. Really grateful for his help. Um, So going off that, it's really important to kind of utilize those relationships with different town officials. Show that you're interested. Like if you see, you know, he created this Hope One. It's an old SWAT um, van and he transformed that into a, a Hope One, a mobile recovery unit for those struggling with addiction. And so they go out and they train people in Narcan usage, which Narcan, it kind of, um, it's a drug that kind of reverts people when they overdose on opioids. So it's, it's really, you know, awesome, incredible drug, whatever. And so he's all about combating the addiction and um, mental health crisis in Morris County. So Again, he's been a huge help. So really focus on those local organizations and those local um, officials that have similar interests as you. And they're more than willing to help because you help them and they help you. It's just, it's, you know, very... Give and take? Exactly. (laughs) Thank you. Very give and take. Um, So one thing that we learned, though, is we are looking to move it to a better location. So location is key. That's always really important. Um, The location that we had, it's a great big area, and that's cool and all, but it's a little bit off the beaten path. So one thing we've struggled with is just kind of growing the event as far as getting different people to, to come and visit. So, like, you know, our friends and family has always been very supportive and we did have a decent amount of visitors like we've you know we hit like over 120 the first year and all that which was really awesome but you want to make it easier for people to get to and know about um but utilize those local relationships because with even with sheriff gannon like uh he we've been close with him for i think we first met him at our first event so september of 2018 
And he was always like, whatever you guys need, we are here to help you with. And again, going back to that kind of feeling like, oh, I don't want to use people. We just kind of were like, thank you so much. But we didn't reach out as much. Utilize those local resources. Utilize those local relationships because he's all about helping people. And like him and Assemblyman Buco, his friend, um, who's also been a huge resource, they're all about helping us. And they're like, let's get like legislation going. Let's get stuff going. Let's get stuff in the town. Yeah. That's amazing. So amazing. They're like... When we think of government officials, you know, sometimes you think of, especially at the national, like the federal level, you think of like, they're so disengaged. Up top. That is the fact. When you think about it, they're so focused on kind of just continuing their career that they're they're they seem to be very disengaged but career politicians exactly Mm -hmm. career politicians and so we need to realize like there are people local people local government officials that are willing to help not just because the election is coming up not just because they want to get voted back into office but because they they're in office in a small town because chances are they have a connection to that town and they want to make a difference in that town. So utilize that. Go out, interact with them, write them letters, figure out, meet with coffee. Like we're scheduling a call with Sheriff Gannon, like meet with them and they are more than willing to help you because as long as you have, you know, the same same types of goals in mind, the same mental health goal, whatever it may be, but don't be afraid to, you know, utilize those relationships. Um, that's that's so important. You know what? I think that's so important because uh, I remember in college I had this professor. I took this African-American studies class. Uh, professor's name was uh, Jermaine Archer. He was amazing. He told, this was the first week of class, he was like, guys, you know there's an election coming up, right? I'm like, what? Like, he was telling us about the local Long Island politicians. I'm like, I never thought of it that way because these people are so important because they the things that they do affect you directly in your community exactly like the the president and all those people like they affect the country as a whole you know it's it's gonna affect you but it's it's not gonna have an immediate direct effect on you and where you're living you know you know what i'm saying like the local politicians can fix the potholes on I live in Long Island, so they could fix potholes in Sunrise Highway. You know, if your car gets broken into like mine was, they could probably, you know, help out with that. Or the, your local schooling, your your, your taxes, uh, et cetera. You know, putting together events like, you know, like what you did. But you know what? I do have to uh, critique some of my local politicians <laughs> because there's been some politicians, it's been happening recently, that want to like, campaign of sorts mm. on like the platform of the Long Island Railroad at 6.45 in the morning. <laughs> Look, I, like that's the, I'm not thinking about nothing besides getting to work at 6.45 in the morning. I'm not thinking about your policies. policies. I'm not. I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about getting to work. You know, I think if local politicians want to get to know the community, host some events or whatever. Do something where you're interacting with your community, not like, you know, just handing us a flyer at 645 while my train to Penn Station is about to come, you know, get out of here. You know, I don't know. Exactly. So um, what kind of, um, 
like permits do you need for something like that? Or maybe like, cause you had a relationship with the kind of law enforcement and government and they kind of probably help with that stuff, right? Yeah, they or... definitely can. So because we want to move locations, we want to be in a little bit more of a populated area. We're trying to, you know, talk to them about how we can go about doing that, you know, the safest route and all that. But as far as our past two events, they didn't really play a role in the permit. So what you have to do is you kind of go onto your town's website or um, your township, whatever it is, your town's website. And we went to like parks and rec, that kind of area. And we figured out what permit, what application we needed to apply for in order to put the park that we wanted on hold. And ultimately, I'm trying to think, once you apply, it was kind of like it goes through, gets voted by the town and all that. And if the committee votes it through, then you're good to go. And they'll reserve the park for you. As far as permits and stuff, we had food there, so we did need a um, the township, you know, health person to come in and make sure everything was good. So we got our permit for the food ahead of time, and then they had to come in and kind of approve the day of to make sure it was all laid out accordingly, all the food and stuff. Because you have to have, you know, if it's cold food, you got to have uh, – coolers and if it's hot food you have to have it heated up to a certain degree all that stuff to make sure people don't get sick of course um yeah and so one thing that we had actually learned from the first year to the second year was towns don't really care what you're doing all the time so it's like oh, okay you're reserved from you know eight to five that's fine okay next person has the reservation from five to wherever so it's like the first year we basically got kicked off the field like we had it reserved till not kicked off we were cleaning up and we were clearing out but there was like you know the little like football league whatever it was <laughs> the little 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 kids coming in playing a game and like the coaches or parents they're getting annoyed but I was like listen like we have we reserved this field we didn't know that they would book people right after us so the year after this past year we were like okay that's cool we're gonna reserve it literally from like eight to five so nobody could take the field we ended up having an issue with a coach coming in and getting aggravated with us because he had the field next to us and then he wanted to come on ours because it was better and I was like listen like because I knew the rules I was like I understand and we're hurt. we're on our way out so you're more than welcome to use the field however I want you to know that we did book it until 5 p.m. because of the issue we had last year and you know we'll hurry up as best we can but you're not going to kick us off the first year it was our first year we we're so nervous we're like oh my god we got to get out of here whatever this year like each year you learn something new and so we were like you know what we know that what we did was fine and right and that's it so permits aren't too crazy um you just have to the best way to figure it all out is just to go to the town's website and you know a lot of times the rules are all listed but make sure you read all the rules so like the you know fine print a lot of times we skip through it like this is a case where you need to read all of it and another thing we had to have was like up to a million a million dollars of coverage in insurance so that's easy you know don't we got our insurance for cheap we found an online like insurance company based out of california that specializes in this kind of you know event insurance and that kind of thing and it was a couple hundred bucks, but that was what we needed in order to book the park, and that was fine. So, like, some companies will try and screw you over and charge you a whole ton of money, but, like, it's not as scary as it sounds. Just 
read the rules and don't be afraid to Google something if you don't know the answer to it because, you know, there's there's ways to either not get around things but do things. There's ways to make things happen even if you don't have a ton of money, you know, behind you. So, yeah. What are some of the... Um... What are some of the things that happened during your event? Like, like what describe. sort of activities? Yeah, did you have? so basically, the best way to describe our event, so it was our mental health and wellness expo. So what we did was we contacted. You know, our whole goal is to bridge the gap between people that are suffering and resources available because we act as a compass and kind of point people in the right direction to ah, resources. I like that. Yes, so we're just like a resource hub, and. What we wanted to do was highlight the local resources and even national resources with the local chapters. So we reached out to a bunch of local organizations um, in order to kind of broaden the scope and create a bigger demographic. We decided to make it a mental health and wellness expo because our generation is all about wellness. But, you know, you put mental health in there and people kind of steer clear of it. So we wanted to make it more accommodating to everybody. So what we did was we contacted local organizations. Um, we contacted MHA, a Mental Health Association of Essex and Morris. We contacted the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Um, we contacted, this year we had 1-800-GAMBLERS. So just kind of a whole range of people. We reached out to them and we said, hey, this is what we're doing. This is our goal. Would you be interested? And a lot of people were. So they came. And then we also had a lot of local businesses. So gyms. Um, Amazing. We had, <laughs> thank you. So we had gyms. We had kind of um, like there's there's places in Morristown where they sell like nutritional supplements. They sell healthy food, that kind of thing. So we had all those organizations there. My mom went. She's a travel agent and she kind of um, represented wellness travel because there are a lot of resorts around the world that are kind of focused on just kind of the spa and and which is almost like, it's like a mental health day. And so it's focused on relaxation and wellness and all of that, so, and rejuvenation. So she was there for that. Um, just tried to get a bunch of different things. And we also had, like, face painting involved so that, you know, for the kids that showed up, that kind of thing. And basically what we did was we had a big open field and we lined the outside of the field um, it was like a rectangle. We lined the outside with all the different vendors that were there. And then we had a main stage at one end of the field. And there was a DJ. And then throughout the day, you know, people were able to walk around and, and look at all the vendors. And there was different things that they could participate in. And then every, like, 15, 30 minutes, we had something going on on the main stage to keep people kind of entertained. So we had, you know, we spoke about Ricky's Compass. And then we had... Um, different speakers come up. We also had kind of like personal trainers and stuff come and do short, quick workouts and just kind of to show people like different things to kind of keep you going and keep you healthy on an all around level. So mentally, physically, um, spiritually, all of that. So speakers and just different activities to engage people. We actually had a counselor there this year who was incredible. So she was, she had a booth set up at the other end so people could kind of come in and talk to her and experience what it's like to talk to a counselor without that judgment and without having to pay either so kind of get a taste for that it was a free event and yeah we just encourage people to just kind of come and go as they please check out all the vendors you know see what's available locally to them look at the local resources that are there for you know whatever you may struggle with um 
We had therapy dogs there this year, which was really cool. And then they just got to participate and there were fun activities for them to do by the stage. So there was yoga, workouts, all that stuff to just kind of show like there's different outlets for you and there's also different resources available to help you work through anything that you're struggling with. Um, So it was just all around. It was a really good event. And then course Sheriff Gannon (laughs) he was there he spoke a little bit um we had hope one there so people got trained in Narcan usage so um which was really cool I think last year we we had like 28 people get trained in Narcan um usage which was the most that hope one has trained in one day which was really cool and then they gave out like little packets of Narcan because Morris County has a major Um, opioid epidemic going on like there's a lot of people overdosing a lot in high school around the clock um so it was really cool to be able to incorporate that as well did you did you do the thing that a lot of community events do like they take time to read up all the sponsors of the event (laughs) so coming from my promotions background i tried to kind of thank everybody every so often Uh um so like in between we would make it so that you know if there was a 15 minute um, activity going on, we'd give people about 10 minutes in between each activity so we could set up and they could also walk around to the vendor. So in that time frame, I would try and go up and be like, you know, thank you every so often. I didn't like have one list where it was like, I took out 10 minutes right then and there to read off every name, but every so often I'd thank everybody that was there and stuff like that. So made sure to announce their names, but didn't like hold on, let me take out my list and read off 25 vendors' names at once. So, yeah. I've seen that before. Oh, I know. It's a lot. I had uh, a friend play an event on Long Island a couple years ago. It wasn't my event. It just I saw it happen. And I swear, in between sets, they would get up and just read all the sponsors for, like, a good five, ten minutes. It was nauseating because when you do a certain thing like that, Halfway through, we don't even care. Right. We don't care. I'm out getting a hot dog or somewhere. So if any any like organization that you may have named have you know if it was important, I don't care because you're just in a monotone voice. We had to think so and so. I'm like, forget it. You're too, I'm tuned out. You know what I mean. So I'm glad that you know you didn't do that kind Absolutely. of thing. You know what I mean? You know, the, it, that stuff is important, but I think it needs to be sprinkled out in doses. that you're not just overwhelming people with information and whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like when you listen to radio, you hear 10 minute spot block. It's like, what the fuck? Tune out. You know what I mean? I'd rather listen to silence than yep. hear a Geico commercial. You know what I right. mean? Again, you know, I, I don't know. But no, um, so where does Ricky Compass go from here? What's the next step? So right now we're planning a, um, a walk for um, mental health month. Mental health awareness month is May, so we're planning a walk with um, one of our one of our friends who started an organization in honor of her son, the Darren Memorial Foundation. Um, we're planning a walk probably in Morristown for that, and it's more just to kind of raise awareness. Similar, like we'll be walking through Morristown showing off like our shirts whatever so other people can see and then we're going to be heading back to a park where you know there's going to be resources set up and everything um so that's next on our agenda again we also want to kick off or do more of diagnosed but not defined on our youtube series 
and um, we also want to host a panel so that we can get local resources, um, local officers, whatever, organizations um, to be able to speak to parents and kids in the area and kind of like a town hall type thing where people can ask the questions that maybe we can't answer but other um, individuals can and that would be really awesome to host at the high school. So we're in the works for that and then, you know, continue with our annual mental health and wellness expo. But we just want to keep getting the word out. We just want to keep giving individuals an area for them to feel safe to come and talk to, a place for them to come and chat. And also um, just so that we can, again, bridge the gap and be that resource hub that people need. But we're also open to ideas to figure out how to kind of branch out and figure out what's next. Every, you know, around the holidays, we do different um, donation drives. We've been focusing on Daytop, which Daytop focuses on, um, it's like younger kids can go there and they um, stay there. And it's a facility where, you know, they go through school and all that. But a lot of the times these kids are struggling with like addiction issues and stuff. But most of them, it stems from some type of mental health issue. Um, so we've been doing that the past couple of years. We've been donating clothes and books and games and that kind of thing for them. So just continue with that. But we're always open for ideas on figuring out how to branch out and continue to get the word about the importance of mental health out there. And of course, how to shatter the stigma. Great. So I can't let you leave here without talking about, well, this is a music centric yes. podcast, generally speaking. Of so. Course. I want to know what you're listening to now and what you generally listen to. It's funny that you said that because on the way over, I was listening to my iPod. Well, not. Wow. I haven't listened to an <laughs> iPod in years. I was listening to my phone. I was listening to Spotify. And it always depends on the mood I'm in. And I had a feeling you talk about music. So, like, on the way over, I was listening to. There were a couple songs that I had on repeat when um, Ricky had passed away. And so I was just like, let me just listen to them, whatever. So Tori Kelly is great. Um, and don't make fun of me, but Linkin Park. Mm-hmm. So because the main singer, um, Chester yes. Bennington, he passed away. He died by suicide. And there was a song that he had released, I think, shortly before. And it was like One More Light. I don't know if you've heard it, but it was so good. And it was kind mm-hmm. of, he talked about, so his friend, um, the leads Chris Cornell that's who it was yeah Soundgarden so, yes that's what I was gonna say so when Chris Cornell died um Chester Bennington he obviously struggled as well and so he released this one more light song and it was reflecting on Chris Cornell and it was like right around the time Ricky died and I had that listening I was listening to that on repeat literally just driving my around in my car blast it and like cry. Oh, of course. <laughs> but um it was so good. So I was listening to that on the way over. So I have like two main playlists that I listen to and that would fall under like my chill playlist. And then I also have like my country playlist. It depends on the mood I'm in. It depends on the time of year and all that. But like I can listen to anything from like Frank Sinatra, who I adore, to um Chase Rice, to Thomas Rhett, to, you know, Lincoln Park. Um, depends on my mood. Yeah. I'm like all over the place. I yeah. can never tie it down. I used to drive my brother around and he would blast like old school rap 
I would have like D12 on when I'd be working out. That was like, that was my thing. (laughs) I'd put my D12 Spotify station on and just when I actually went to the gym, that would be playing. But yeah, it was my little motivator. (laughs) So yeah, I'm all over the place with my music. Well, when we're talking about like mental health and music, um, uh, speaking of Chris Cornell, Mm -hmm. about, let's see, almost 30 years ago, he was in a band called Mother Love Bone, right? And the singer of that group, I think it was a singer of the group, um, Andrew Wood, uh, he passed away. I think he died of an overdose. Wow. And um, and Chris was really close with him. Him and um, Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam, very, very close together. So in tribute to him, they did an album um, as a... Uh, they, they formed a group called uh, was it Temple of the Dog. And they put out an album in 1992, 91, 92. I forgot the year. I think it was 91. But it's a beautiful album because all the songs are like very, you know, they're, they're sad, they're a little tragic, but they're extremely gorgeous because Chris Cornell has an amazing, an amazing voice. And a lot of his lyrics are like powerful. And a lot of those Seattle bands from the early 90s kind of touch upon that because Seattle is very dreary. It's wet. It's gross. It's, it's, it's rain, it rains a lot. So that's very depressing. Um, it really is. Um, you're not getting a lot of vitamin D. Yeah, and that's the thing. It, it's just kind of it's kind of full circle because when, you know, hearing like Chris tribute his passing friend. And then when I go back and listen to that album after um, after he passed, it's like. Wow, it's like doubly depressing, but like equally as beautiful because he was tributing, you know, someone and listening to the songs after he passes like, wow, you know what I mean? You know, I can't, I can't put into words of yeah. the, the feeling. And Alice in Chains, too. I don't know if you're familiar with that group. You know, the same crew of, of bands from, you know, of the early grunge period, like Nirvana, Soundgarden, all that stuff. My brother Lane's, loves that. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that stuff too. Lane Staley had a tr- struggle with depression and addiction. And when I listen to his music, it's like, this is the most sad, the saddest music you'll ever hear is Alice in Chains, period. I, in my opinion, unbelievably sad music, but gorgeous stuff. But it's very, very melodic, but so depressing. But like, you know, you, you see like he's letting out his pain in the music. And I think that's just... You know, that's my musical rant for the day. No, absolutely. (laughs) uh, A lot of people, they have, like, a lot of artists, that's their outlet, is their music. But you also have to be careful as a listener of what you're taking in. Because, like, it's great. Go through those periods. I went through that period. I blasted Linkin Park, you know, Mm -hmm. crying in my car, whatever. But you also have to make sure you have those moments where you kind of, okay, on to the next chapter, on to the next song. And make sure you don't kind of marinate in it too long because it can play an effect on your own emotions as well absolutely you know sometimes you know i put on you know some jay-z is very motivating you know he has a song on his new album called family feud and it's about his life now and and him and his wife you know the opening line of the song is super bowl goals my wife in the crib feeding my kids liquid gold i think that's just amazing because it's just like we have aspirations to be the top of the top we have unlimited aspirations and my wife is home with our beautiful children. This is my, my family is most important to me. This is my life. I think that's amazing. You know, I, I love that. I strive for that idea. You know what I mean? To find purpose, you know, in, in the simple things in life, like having family, close friends, keeping a circle small, Absolutely. you know? So Alexis, I want to thank you so much for sharing the, the Ricky Compass story thank here you. on 
uh, My Little Underground. So where can people follow Ricky's Compass on socials? So if you search for us, um, our Instagram and our Twitter is at Ricky's Compass CP. So CP standing for Community Project because that was our original goal. Didn't think we'd be this big. Um, and then just, you know, Facebook.com slash Ricky's Compass. And our website is Ricky's Compass dot org. R-I-C-K-Y-S Compass. Yeah. Dot org. Um, and then they can always email us and it's support at Ricky's Compass dot org. So, you know, we're all over social. Anywhere you can find us, we're there. Yeah. Alexis Thomas. I'm Peter A. It's my little underground level 39. Please subscribe anywhere you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get them. I'm there. All right. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, wherever, Instagram. It's Peter underscore A. Follow the show as well at MLU Pod. Alexis, thanks so much Thank for coming you. out. Thank you. We're out. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs>